All right, everybody. Thank you for uh, joining back up with us. This is episode 13 of the Three Major Sports Podcast. Um, I am Enrique, your host, coming to you again down from muggy Miami, and actually Homestead now because I've moved a little further south. We've got uh, Rob up in Tampa. Say what's up, fella. Hello, hello. And as we announced on the Instagram page earlier, we have our very special guest, Ali Dolfreaky. From uh, you're in Naples now, right? Yeah, I'm out in Naples. Fins up, guys. Fins up. You hear that, Rob? Fins. I up, do. Baby. I do. Nothing disparaging for me. <laughs> Fins up, Browns down. <laughs> oh no! Oh, man. <laughs> We're gonna jump right into that. So uh, again, everybody, thanks for joining us. Make sure that you are subscribed to the pod wherever you listen to your podcast. Rate and review us. Follow us on Instagram. Uh, interact with us. Interact with the polls that we put up. We are happy to listen to any recommendations of what you do want to hear, what you don't like on the show. So feel free to interact with us there. So without further ado, I will throw it to our guest so she can tell you a little bit about herself and we'll get cracking with some football talk. Hey, guys. I'm Allie, a.k.a. Doll Freaky, um, at Doll Freaky on uh, Twitter and Instagram if you guys want to give me a follow. Um, thanks so much for having me on today. Uh, I'm just going to talk a little bit about myself um i'm a a dolphin super fan quote unquote um i'm from pennsylvania originally and i'm currently residing in naples florida where i am um in charge of the southwest florida all fan club so shout out to my my new fan club that we just started last year during the covid season so we're really kind of like putting together a bunch of local folks just to come out and watch some of the away games because most of us do travel to the home games. Um, so we do some, you know, watch parties and things. So if you're in the Southwest Florida area, you know, anywhere from Tampa downward, come check us out. Um, Southwest Florida Dolphin Club on Instagram, uh, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, we have a group and a page on Facebook just trying to, you know, be able to access as many people as possible. So hit me up if you guys have questions about, that or how you can join us for watch parties. Um, I did just recently start a podcast of my own. Um, so it's called the freak show with a pH. Um, and so that's uh, part of the Miami sports music podcast network, um, which is primarily run by my good friend, Steven Daniels um, and Miami sports music. I don't know if um, everybody's aware of, of what that is exactly, but this is um, kind of a brand that was started by, um, one of our, our good, well-known Dolphins um, buddies, Solo D, and um, he's kind of a, a local rapper, um, kind of specializes in all Miami sports music, um, but primarily um, does a lot for the Hurricanes and the Dolphins fans um, as far as getting everybody hyped up for the games. He makes a song for every game, which is super cool. So check him out on YouTube, uh, Miami sports music, uh, I believe the Twitter handle is um, MIA Sports Music. So um, check them out. You know, I'm sure any Doll fan is going to love Solo D's music if you guys don't already. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, so a lot, of, a lot of stuff going on. Awesome. And for those of you who do not know Solo D or have listened to anything, start with Two a Time. Yeah. It was, <laughs> I jammed it all season last year. My son, I have videos of him in his Tua jersey bobbing up and down listening to Two a Time. <laughs> It will get you excited to be a Dolphins fan. It will get you excited to watch Tua play for us. Um, and it's going to be even better this year. 
So absolutely sure. go out there and, and check, uh, check out the Miami Sports Music Network and everything that they have to offer. So with that being said, let's jump right into our favorite subject, which is Miami Dolphins football. We are finally back <laughs> at football season. It is the Hall of Fame game is this weekend, so we will actually get to be able to see somebody hit each other on national television this weekend. Uh, so it's football. good, good, good times. <laughs> yes. I don't even know if I, I, I know who's, who's playing in the Hall of Fame game. It's the Steelers and I don't know who else. I don't know, oh, honestly. Man. We're that excited, yeah. but we don't know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Dal- Dal- Dallas, Dallas and Pittsburgh. Uh, that sounds accurate. Dallas uh, on another national game. Um, <laughs> so the Cowboys and the Steelers. So even if you don't like the teams, we get to watch some football this weekend. But away from that, we've got camp already started. Uh, everybody has reported. We started having full practice for the Dolphins today. But the biggest story of camp so far is off the field, unfortunately, for the Dolphins. And it is with uh, Xavier Howard's contract situation. So I will let you go first. What are your thoughts on what's going on before we dive into it, Allie? So um, from the beginning of this drama, I feel like, you know, most Dolphins fans have been pretty frustrated with this. Obviously, Xavier Howard, like majorly productive last year with 10 interceptions leading the league. And, you know, all of that's like, super important for our defense right now and so to have him kind of holding out with this you know crazy contract discussion you know I do see both sides of the issue I do see you know the fact that he feels he deserves more money because of the way he played and you know how he anticipates playing going forward I also Dolphins side of things where they're not necessarily willing to you know, give him um, extra money, you know, and create that type of culture where, you know, we got players holding out because, you know, this is a potential, um, a potential way to, to, um, you know, get more money and things like that. So I just, I see both ends of it. Definitely. And last week, for anybody who listened to last week's episode, we recorded that like, Within 30 minutes, it felt like of that statement coming out from X. So I was on a different level of sensitive and upset. Yeah. Uh, there was I, there was some emotion in the air for sure. A little bit. Um, I I I was not kind. But you know what? I, a week has passed, and my feelings have subsided, and I've been able to think about this. And I'm I'm kind of on his side in this right now. Like he's uh, my my biggest issue was you're asking to restructure an entire contract when you've only played one season of the extension. It had been two years since he signed it, but he'd only played one season under it. And that just, like Ali was saying, sets an awful precedent. If you, That's a slippery slope because you do it for one guy, and now everybody who's worth anything on your team is trying to do the same thing. And we can't, you can't operate like that. So I get that. But since then, um, the Herald has done some reporting. A couple people have done some reporting that what he, in fact, has asked for is $4 million of his 2024 non-guaranteed $11 million salary to be moved and paid this season. Uh, mm-hmm. It would make him the highest paid player on the team, which he's obviously not. It would make him the highest paid quarterback on the team, which he's not. It would make him happy, which he is not. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think $4 million kills our salary cap situation. We have basically gone through the off season and we're not signing anybody else as it seems, unless there's some sort of injury or somebody to replace X. So I don't know. I mean, I don't want to set that precedent, but I, it, he's not trying to scrap the whole deal. He's trying to get a little bit of money, which we already mm-hmm. agreed to pay him if he's here in two years to get it now. So Chris Greer, B-Flow, I think it's time to kind of just let the ego go down and mm-hmm. maybe maybe make this concession to him. Uh, and again, it shows 
maybe it doesn't set the greatest precedent, but it definitely shows anybody who's willing to come play for you in the future that you're at least open to conversation. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, I agree. I feel like this is a reasonable bargain. Um, Like you said, it's not going to kill the cap. We, you know, we still have money um, and it would make him happy. It would make the fans happy. I don't think any of us are really willing to lose him at this point. Um, And, yeah, I don't know all about that drama about, you know, him being hurt and this like little weird um, like injury that just popped up if this was a, you know, just a a fluke thing. Yeah, we have to assume that this is just making sure that his trade value doesn't tank if that's ultimately where we go. Because if he gets hurt in training camp, then everybody's upset then. Because then he's not playing, he's still getting paid, and he's pissed, everybody's pissed. Uh, So I'm not surprised that he has an ankle injury that just suffered a setback. Um, But yeah, Rob, what do you think about this from a non-emotional point of view as somebody who is not a Dolphins fan? Absolutely. Uh, So first, I'll take a small victory lap because I said this last week. yeah, always side with the players on this stuff. Always. They're the only ones that are doing anything. You don't root for the owner. You root for the player. Uh, so I'm glad you've switched your, your uh, thought process. I am a little concerned that it's because his official Instagram viewed our story. But other than that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that well, really well, made me double think everything. I, I know like, it you did. Know what? <laughs> very concerned. You were very concerned afterwards, understandably. So, uh, yes. I'm glad you came over to my side. I, I agree 100%. He didn't actually hold out, right? Like he's reported right. he day up. one he, yeah. and like practice and stuff. All right, cool. So 50K a day will make you do that. Yeah. Well. Especially when you're in they... a dispute. <laughs> right. Exactly. But would they actually would they actually make him pay it? The, I mean, the CBA would make him pay it. I would it's Yeah, because now in the new CBA, it's, um, it's unable to be waived, which is why oh, so basically nobody, right, nobody's this. held out this year at all, basically. Okay. okay, fair enough. All right, good. So at least he reported. That's good. Um, right. I think you guys will figure it out. And I, I, I think we sort of alluded to this again last week that it wasn't necessarily additional money. It was just part of the money he was already going to be owed paid faster. Mm-hmm. I yeah, don't think you should have too much trouble with that. But my, my guess is you guys will do it and, and he'll be fine and you'll still have a great defense. So that's, would, that's my two cents. Absolutely hope so. Now it's um, the issue is like out in the air. So I went, I was at camp. On Monday, I know, Ali, you went to camp this weekend, so I'll let you share anything from there, too. But what I saw was um, there was an absolute divide in the crowd. Most of the of the fans were cheering X. He came out. Uh, he was on the sideline. He was actually chatting up with Byron Jones the whole time, who people were making out to be, like, the villain here because he came a year later and got paid more. I'm like, well, dude, what are you going to say, no to more money? Like, uh, it's really not Byron Jones' fault in any of this. But he was hanging out with him, and the crowd was cheering for him. But at one point, a section of the crowd starts chanting um, – let's trade Howard. And then another one starts with like, we love Howard. And it went back and forth to the point where on my way out, there were people like on the verge of uh, fist fighting in the parking lot over whether or not we should trade Xavier <laughs> Howard. And I'm like, are you, is this really happening? That, um, that is very Miami. I, I'm proud of you. It really, it really was. I was like, man, like, Jesus Christ, this is none of your, this is, like, it's none of your money. Uh, it's, <laughs> none of you are paying for it. I heard one guy yell, yeah, but I've got season tickets. And in my head, I'm like, please tell me how that makes you a member of the board. But again, <laughs> uh, continue. So that's, that's what I saw out of practice. That's, I feel like the fan base, it's probably 75-25 backing X mm-hmm. and the other half just kind of butthurt that this is even happening. 
Yeah, so I, I agree. I mean, it's very, very typical of our fan base to be completely divided half and half about any type of issue that arises, whether it's Tua or oh Watson trade or whatever the heck it is. We're never all on the same page. Um, but that always like leads to good discussions and, you know, good bantering back and forth. So it's, it's not all bad. For sure. Um, so let's see. I, I think that we were going to get this resolved with him too. Hopefully, I think it's uh, I think Chris Greer and, and, and Flores have done such a great job building this roster so far in the couple of years and making good decisions that them not making a good decision here would just basically go against everything that they've done. I don't think we're going to go down that route. I think that we will uh, come to an agreement at some point. And Xavier Howard will suit up for the Dolphins this year and not somebody else. Yeah. Agreed. Well, yeah. And, and he was smart to do it so close to the season because your alternative, uh, as much as everyone wants to say players don't have any leverage anymore, the alternative is some random street cornerback to replace your, what, top two, three defender? Like, that's right. his leverage. He's, he's going to get it. So yeah, it's, it just, it's true. Because, it, I mean, the other option is what, throwing Noah – Igan Bio, mm-hmm. or I can't, I can never say his name. Igben Abney. Uh, Igben Abney. There you go. Bam. Say that Amazing. ten times fast. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> she'll be our, she'll be our guest pronouncer. That's fantastic. Oh Jesus, That's no. <laughs> so I mean, he's the alternative. Put him out on on the other side of of Byron Jones, and then you've got to fill his uh, slot corner spot with somebody. Right. Uh, it's it's just... and now your nickel and dime packages are screwed. Right, right, right. So yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. No, no, at some no. point you're putting idea. somebody on the street out there. Yeah. Yeah. So. Bad idea. Bad idea. Definitely. I think we're gonna resolve this and hopefully uh this will be just a small side note to our twenty twenty one Super Bowl run. Yep. So, um, <laughs> oh so, boy. And of course, if we are to go to the Super Bowl, that leads us into our next topic of discussion. We would have to be led by good old number one to a Tungo Vailoa. So I mean, this is, like she said a few minutes ago, it has been a very hot topic of discussion between Dolphins fans. I know that my immediate friends group chat, there's nine of us, and it's like four versus five, yes to a, no to a. Um, it seems like it's like that everywhere. I've got my Tua jersey. I'm all in. There is no way that I'm going to turn my back on the best football mm-hmm. prospects we've had in 30 years, um, offensively anyway, right, aside from the great JT. Um, so... I don't know. It's just, I think he's going to be fine. I think that it's another year in the system. It's a year where he's actually going to have an off season and not a COVID off season. It's a year uh, further removed from that awful hip injury. Uh, I think we're going to start opening up the playbook for him. Again, I'll let you lead again with the, with the Tua stuff so that I don't take all the good points. But uh, <laughs> what, what do you think of our boy? Yeah, I'm all into um, on Tua train. I really think, like, you know, people talking about, you know, trading for Watson, okay, like, I get it. You know, it's not often we see an elite quarterback available like this. But mm-hmm. we have to think about the last couple of seasons from the tanking for Tua season to last year and all the growth and all of the things that he's gone through working with this particular team, all of the chemistry that they've been working to develop over the last, you know, since he's been um, a part of us and all of that plays a role. We need consistency. We can't just keep switching the man at the helm year after year after year. It's it's just not going to work. And can you imagine if he gets he gets traded somewhere else and then he becomes basically what happened with Tannehill mm. and now we're like, "Oh man, you know, like that whole thing sucks." So that, that is we need worst case scenario. <laughs> yeah, we need to see this through. Um and I I really think 
He's got what it takes. I feel like now we have we have Waddle on board. We have the mm-hmm. weapon. It's lined up. So we just have to wait for the stars to align, the work to get done, and it'll be great. Yep. And uh, I mean, in his defense, camp every all the uh, all the beat reporters from from you know Sun Sentinel and Omar Kelly and uh, uh, Barry Jackson, Armando Salguero, everybody who's been going to to, to camp has been praising Tua. Mm-hmm. He has been. Uh, much more of a leader from what it seems. They have finally opened up the playbook a little bit, and he's throwing those deep balls that we got used to seeing him throw mm-hmm. at Alabama. We had somebody mention to us the other day, it's like, oh, he finally learned how to throw a deep ball. I'm like, no, if you look at Bama tape, I think, Rob, you mentioned it too. If you look at Bama tape, he threw the ball deep all the time. We just mm-hmm. didn't allow him to. And it was definitely a mixture of, you know, you're a rookie, you're coming off of an injury, and we're coming off of this weird offseason where nobody even really got to talk face-to-face for a while. So mm-hmm. um, that's all has to be taken into consideration. I think that we're going to see uh, leaps and bounds improvement this year from Tua. And my only concern, and again, is I saw it in camp. He he struggles a little bit and hesitates with when the pass rush gets too close. He holds mm-hmm. the ball a little bit too long. Mm-hmm. Um but I think if we can just cut that down a little bit, this is, I mean, we're going to be fine. Every ball, every ball he threw was a dime. It was where it needed to be. It was on target. The receivers mostly caught him in stride. Um, his chemistry with Waddle is, like, totally obvious. Yeah. He, was hit, he, he hit him on these quick slants that, like, the ball was out before Waddle came out of the break and, bam, catches it and runs. And I'm like, this is, this is it. This is what the offense is going to look like. It's going to be clicking um, we just need him to to make those smart decisions and not turn over the ball, which I absolutely trust him to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, just maybe make a decision a little bit faster than what we've been seeing from uh, from him in his rookie season. But definitely, mm-hmm. totally agree. Rob, you want to sing to his praises, or or you want to talk about Baker <laughs> I'll Mayfield? Baker. <laughs> I'll, I'll, well, well, I'll, I'll get to that. Um, so, two I think was probably up until maybe this year Alabama's highest rated quarterback prospect probably ever right like that was the highest rated high school quarterback prospect to ever come out at the time that he came out that's how highly touted he was right right I think the dude that just enrolled early at Ohio State is the only one above him right the Um, one's keeping his senior year yes correct correct uh so you know this dude went through and not just like an injury he went through the injury that ruined Bo Jackson like the greatest athlete of the last 60 Mm -hmm. years like ruined his career so to like write him off seven months after that happened with no off season and a new coaching staff and all that other stuff for him, at least like that always seemed crazy to me that you mm-hmm. drafted this dude fifth and you want to bail on him after a half season uh, just because he's not, you know, at peak level, his first year. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't get that, especially going through the first couple of Baker Mayfield years, you, I, that terrible idea. Cause you're just, what's the alternative? You know, you're going to go with Ryan Fitzpatrick the rest of your life. And that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, I mean, I, I've thought he was going to be a good quarterback. As soon as they said he could recover from the hip injury, um, that's not going to stop him from, from throwing deep. He'll be fine. Um, and and it just, yep. it's getting back into the offense, giving him the people and, uh, and weapons to, to be able to use the whole field. Uh, and when you look through, like I was looking at depth charts before we had the conversation. I mean, you guys are six deep on wide receivers. Like, Yes, there's legitimate dudes to throw to all across the field. I don't even want to really talk about the tight ends, but if you add in the tight ends, mm-hmm. I mean, you legitimately have like seven or eight targets. We've got like a top to seven to. tight end. We have. If you're going to talk about his weapons, Kaseki is is most definitely um, at the top of that conversation. And I mean, they had chemistry last year. Kaseki is a monster of an athlete. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
He's a I Penn State dude, so he annoys the hell out of me. But yeah, uh, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Um, <laughs> but and just looking back at two, and to put it into perspective, now that some time has passed and like the emotion has gone down, in ten games, he had a sixty-four percent completion rating, uh, completion percentage, eleven touchdowns, and five interceptions. So he didn't make a, big, a lot of mistakes. Well, and... A big part of that though was was the depth in which he was throwing. Like he wasn't throwing thirty yards Correct. downfield; he was throwing Correct. dink and dunk, which that's what they designed for him, but. You should right. have a high completed completion percentage. That's exactly that. my point. Like yeah. we, we yeah. what what we put in front of him, he took. He made the yes. best of. He did not fail at. Right. Agreed. He didn't turn the. He protected the ball. It was basically a two to one touchdown <clears throat> interception ratio. And some of those interceptions, I remember, were like one of them for sure was a batted ball up into the air. So it's like, okay, are we going to count it as four now? Like, there's no, there's nothing that shouts, this is a failure, and you guys wasted the number five pick in the draft, like right. at all, to me. Right. So. Uh, was that see, the I Raider think, game? Uh, with the pop? I think the, no. I think I the Raider game was the only mm. game he was bad. Where was, like they had to bring in Fitzpatrick to to save him. The it rest was, of them, no, he was the, fine. It was uh, the Denver game, and I think that might have been the game with the pop of interception. Okay. Uh, that Denver game with that Denver and that Raiders game with those two were like his stinkers of the year. But again, like he's a rookie coming off of an injury who didn't even start the season out playing. Sure. Like, it, it didn't. It didn't happen until like five games in. So sure. Definitely. So yeah, I think we're in agreement. Tua, Tua is definitely um, something that we can uh, be looking forward to, and I I can't wait to see him do it. Especially with what you mentioned, which is my last point of the Dolphins is that wide receiver core: Devontae mm-hmm. Parker, Will Fuller. Uh, we got Albert Wilson back. We got Jakeem. We have Alan Hearns. Um, I know I'm missing somebody. Preston uh, Wilson and Jalen Waddle. Preston Wilson. Uh, Preston Williams. Uh, Preston Wilson. Sorry. Is a baseball yeah. Player. <laughs> yeah, he is. And uh, so, like, the oh, and, and Waddle and Jaden right. Waddle. Right. Like, dude, the, the amount of forget just weapons in general, it's their speed weapons. Um, Wilson, Grant, Waddle. These guys are guys where, even if you do want to, you know, tune it back a little bit and do those dinks and dunks, those are guys that can turn a dink and dunk into 80 yards in a heartbeat. Sure. So, this is, I think, the perfect opportunity to to use them to build his confidence back up. Uh, not that we probably need to, but it's never a bad idea. And then you've got Fuller and Parker going over the top, either for the bombs or for the, the 50-50 balls that we know Parker lives for and goes up there and, and just mosses people. Um, so, yeah, I think that our offense is set up to be – and then Gisecki. Um, I think our offense is set up to be something pretty special if everything clicks. Yes. I don't know if, you, if anything stood out to you at, at Camp Alley. Um, honestly, I just, it was good to see the guys and like the shape that they're in and the, mm-hmm. like, you could just tell the fire and the excitement that they have. And, you know, just to see them all kind of, um, together again, and it really like the morale seemed very high. Um, they were all really like straight up grinding. So, you know, it was good to see just a general like effort from every single person there. Um, yeah. So I actually, I'm going to camp this weekend. So, nice. you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Excellent. So um, that is enough Dolphins talk for now, just for the sake of our friend Rob here. Uh, (laughs) But again, we are really looking forward to the Dolphins this year. Uh, In our predictions a couple of weeks ago, which was way too early still, I think I had them winning uh, every game, was it, Rob? No, I think we were going with like uh, 14 and 4. 13 and 4 was your prediction. All right. Uh, And I'm going to stand by that. I'm not running from them now. So those are our guys. I wouldn't expect you to. I wouldn't expect you to. Um, so that is what we are looking forward for the Finns. Now, let us, I'm going to let you take the point on this and let's talk a little bit of Brown's ball. 
because yeah. uh, I don't hate the Browns anymore. Actually, it's uh, I'm quite fond of Mr. Mayfield. Well, you know, it's like picking on the on the small kid on the playground. You just after a while, it's it just it's not <laughs> that fun anymore. anymore. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> They're the Cubs of the NFL. Um, honestly, the the things that have stuck out to me so far, besides for just another year under Stefanski's uh, offense, is things seem to be clicking really fast. Um, Beckham looks awesome. He wasn't in pads yesterday. He's not going to start the season on the PUP. Uh, he's eight months removed from tearing his ACL and he's at full speed in pads today, which is just awesome. I know. I know. It's, I didn't think anyone other than Adrian Peterson could come back from that stuff as fast as he did. Um, so super, super excited about that. As always, thank you for Jarvis Landry. Um, (laughs) Very, very, very happy and excited about him as usual. Um, it was like a fourth round pick, wasn't it? Uh, that we it was. Him. It was. Yes. Thank you for that. Just thank you Gates. for that. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. So, so, I mean, we've returned pretty much the same offense, uh, best offensive line in the NFL, uh, probably two of the 10 best running backs in the NFL, uh, plus Beckham and Landry and that's, Austin Hooper. And that's a stretch so, to call um, Kareem Hunt a top 10 back in the league. He was top 10 in rushing last year. No, what he else are you looking for? Yeah, he was. That's insane. <laughs> That's not we even the, fair. We had the second best rushing attack in the NFL behind Baltimore. Anyway, the, the story for the Browns is going to be their defense. Because we changed, I think, eight Absolutely. of the 11 starters. Um, brought over two of the Rams uh, defensive backs, which the Rams had the best mm-hmm. defensive back shield and the best uh, defense in the NFL last year. Um, so took those guys, uh, obviously, Jadavian Clowney, uh, big addition uh, up front across from Miles Garrett. Uh, got Malik Jackson from, I believe, Denver. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's that'll help uh, up front repra- replacing Sheldon Richardson. Uh, and then our draft picks, we we took a couple more defensive backs uh, to try to keep, which weird division. And we talked about this before. We have a rushing division. But they're drafting defensive backs, which, again, screams you're defending for Patrick Mahomes and not for Lamar Jackson, which is an interesting thought process, being that he's not in your division. But, uh, you know, I, I mean, guess that's yeah, where you see at yourself. The, at, the same t- at the same time, you now have uh, Joey Burrow there, who's uh, probably going to lead a passing attack. You have Big Ben, who the only thing he can lead at this point is a passing attack. I was gonna, um, that dude's arm's going to fall off in a game. Like, it's oh, it absolutely will. Fall off on the ground in a game. <laughs> I think he'd be upset if that's not the way he goes out because that's yeah. kind of how Ben is. Um, so I can see why you would want to stock up on DBs on that team. But, yes, I don't I don't disagree that they are trying to build a team to go after the AFC champs and freaking Superman Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And rightfully so, man. You guys yep. – I have mad respect because this is this is a long suffering fan base. So you know we kind of feel each other a little bit on this. And I have a lot of Browns fan friends, and you know like it's been like years. They're like, I don't even want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> and then last year, I'm like, okay, like we could talk now. Like you guys are balling out. So yeah, I mean, full speed ahead, whatever. But you know, at the end, we're we're gonna take you. <laughs> oh, for sure. That that'll be the one of the more fun weeks of trash talk that I will have. So that that would be that would be great. That would be great. But yeah, it's I'm excited. Um, I'm not sure if you had any any other points you wanted to go through, but um, so far we've avoided those debilitating first or second day injuries that ruin your whole season. Uh, yep. You know, in mid July, so we've avoided that so far. Hope I didn't just jinx it. Knock on wood. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, everything else. I think the only thing that sucks is our kicking game. So we'll have to figure that out, which, you know, there's, oh. those are guys that are always floating around. But yeah, you, I'm sure they'll be able to nail down somebody who can kick a yeah. field goal. Yeah. Um, we cool, say so that. And then, you know. and then you can't kick field goals. I get you. Um, right. So that's our Browns talk. Uh, I wanted to finish this cap. This is the first time we really go deep into football um, on the pod because obviously we started it in the off season. So other than the draft, there has not been much. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to see if the outside of the two teams that we just talked about, what are you looking forward to the most in this upcoming season? What uh, matchup or player to watch or, or anything like that, that you really want to check out this year? Naturally. I just want the AFC East to just flat out suck and like, just, make way for the dolphins to just like straight on bulldoze all of them. But I feel like the bills are going to give us a lot of trouble. So, Hmm. you know, I'm looking forward to those matchups just because, you know, that's always good, um, good fun. And after the the last Bills dolphins game, the end of the year last year, we're kind of bitter. So I'm looking forward to that for sure. I mean, obviously like the, our division is always something to watch. Um, player wise, um, interested to see, you know, we always have our eye on Tom Brady. So looking to see now he's like 44 years old. Is he still going to have it? Is he not going to have it? (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes is a fave too. So, you know, just those are the guys. to watch. Those are definitely the stuff that's definitely stuff to watch. What do you, what do you got, Rob? What do you like? Uh, Clearly, we didn't review this ahead of time because I was going to say the Bills. Um, <laughs> they, whenever you hear anything national, and and you know, no slight, this isn't anything I'm doing on purpose. But whenever you hear national, it's pretty much um, Bills, Chiefs, Ravens, Browns. That's the top tier of the East or of the AFC, of the AFC. currently. Um, the only one of those that I'm just not sure about is the Bills. Uh, I I don't know if this Josh Allen is the Josh Allen. If it is where there will have some trouble with him for a long time. Yep. Uh, if it isn't, and it was just the addition of Stefan Diggs, and if Diggs gets hurt, then he's, you know, back to his old goofball self, um, then that's, that's an issue. So I, I'm interested to see if they really are that top echelon of the, of the conference. Uh, and then player wise, uh, funny enough, I, I think Aaron Rodgers actually, um, hey. What a weird seat, like off season for a reigning MVP. Like, yeah, do you retire and you're like holding your team hostage, Ooh. and then like you force them to trade for a receiver from like six years ago? Like, it's just a really weird uh, off season. And then like now that he reported to camp because of this fifty thousand dollar fine that you can't waive, so they they didn't have a way around it. He's like driving his golf cart around town. Like randomly, people are seeing him at stop signs and stuff. And his golf yeah. cart, like outside the <laughs> yeah. so, just like seeing how they can handle that distraction. Um, and you know, if they put up a fight with the Buccaneers, because you know, no no Super Bowl defending champion has ever returned twenty two starters. So what do you do with that? Um, yeah. So all, I think all of those things are going to be interesting. It's going to be a really fun season. We'll have fans yes. back, which will be awesome. That is going to change full stadiums. I I know uh, I'm not going to lie. I kind of enjoyed being able to cheer in a stadium without having people touch my arms. Um, That was fun, but (laughs) it takes away from it, man. Like to have, you know, 60,000 crammed in there and that whole burst of emotion happened in unison and everything just, it's just a different feeling. Like Mm -hmm. like being at a really good rock concert and like, like everybody jumps at the same time. Um, so I'm, yeah, that's going to be, that's going to change 
the feel of, of several stadiums around the league, especially the ones that were completely empty last year. Mm-hmm. 100%. 100%. Um, and uh, I think for me, what I am looking forward to, I'm really looking forward to what the NFC West shakes out to be. I want to see if Arizona's Ooh. for real with Kyler, uh, if if Hopkins actually plays or if he uh, decides to not play because of this whole he's vaccination nonsense. He's of course playing. he's going to play. J.J. Watt showing up out there. You've A.J. I mean, Green. You've got A.J. Green, that's right. Then you've got Matt Stafford, who is finally going to have an offensively creative coach. I think that this is like he can actually be um, the number one overall pick that they expected to draft out of Georgia, except that nobody ever – uh, really let him operate in an offense like that, even with Calvin Johnson on his team. So that's that's cool there in, in L.A. Uh, San Francisco, is it going to be Jimmy G? Is it going to be Trey Lance right from the beginning? Kyle Shanahan is another one of those guys who's a genius and very well respected. Um, I want to see who he goes with or what his thought plan is. Uh, I, Trey Lance was kind of a surprise to me at that pick. I didn't expect it to be him. So I want to see what he sees and, and how that goes. And then, of course, that constant like MVP thread up in the corner in Seattle, which I'm sure you're going to start seeing a lot of Rob. Um, So, uh, Oh, for our listeners, Rob is, uh, has accepted a position with his job in Tacoma, Washington. So he'll be our resident Seahawks expert soon enough. (laughs) Um, Going to be filing that media credential as soon as I can. Absolutely. Uh, (laughs) So you've got Russell Wilson and the Seahawks up there with Pete Carroll. They're still, I mean, with Russell Wilson on the team, uh, DK Metcalf, uh, that is something that at any point can turn around and win that division. So I'm excited to see what the NFC West does. And from a player person's perspective, I want to see how Saquon comes back from that knee injury. That was one of the more exciting players that we had um, at a non-quarterback position in the league. So to go down with that knee injury, that really sucked for the league. Obviously, it sucked for the Giants. Don't really care for the Giants. I'm more in it for myself and the entertainment that he provides. Right. Uh, that and And I want to see the follow-up of the Justin Herbert show. Like, he will forever be linked to Tua because that's who mm-hmm. we skipped over to take Tua. And the kid blew the walls off the league last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to see if that was for real, if that was just uh, luck of the draw, just being thrown in there and, and, and competing. But now we've got some film. Like, are they, is he still going to be able to be that successful? Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing some Justin Herbert action this year. So uh, that's what we've got. On the NFL, Ali, thank you so much for uh, joining us for this. We are very grateful. I am looking forward to a great Dolphin season that hopefully we can check in with you on throughout. Yeah, same. Thanks so much for having me on. Absolutely. All right, everybody, that's our NFL talk for now. We're going to jump to NBA free agency and all of that crazy stuff now uh, as soon as we get back. So hang in there for us, and we'll be back in a minute. All right. All right, everybody. And uh, we want to thank Ali once again for joining us. Feel free to give her a follow on Instagram at The Freak Show uh, with PH and Dolph Freaky. She is an awesome follow. She's a great Dolphin super fan. She's always putting up great content. Uh, so definitely go ahead and, and support her as she is a friend of the pod. Uh, But now we are going to shift gears, like we said, away from football, and we are going to go to some basketball talk. Last week, we came to you the night before the draft, I believe, and uh, we talked a little bit about the NBA draft, and uh, we gave you the first three picks of who we thought was going to go, and Cade Cunningham, uh, Evan Mobley, number three, to 
the Cavs, always with our boy here, Rob, and uh, Jalen yep. Green to Houston in the middle at number two. Those three picks went as expected. Um, so we'll start with the draft. What, what do you got on the draft? Uh, anything that surprised you or we want to talk about, Rob? Yeah, I, I think, and, and we went over this a little bit beforehand, the, the biggest surprise was was Jalen Suggs getting past it for it. It's been an interesting draft process because it basically six months ago, this was a five player um, once in a lifetime draft. Basically this is 2003 all over again. Uh, maybe not someone with LeBron's um, like high right. end, you know, top three player all time type of right. high end uh, talent, but like five legitimate number one dudes like this year, last year, the year after, like these guys were all studs. Uh, that slowly whittled down. Uh, Jonathan Kaminga sort of got pulled out of that group, um, mm-hmm. who now ended up as a, as a warrior at the seventh pick. Uh, and then closer to the process, um, despite his, his NCAA tournament performance, uh, Jalen Suggs started to get separated as well. Um, he was the consensus number four pick. Uh, it just made sense that you get this bulldog uh, point guard to replace Kyle Lowry, assuming Lowry was leaving, which of course he did. Um, and instead, Toronto went with uh, with Scotty Barnes from um, from Florida State. That was interesting because he's basically compared to like a Draymond Green. Um, and I guess the idea would be to to use Fred Van Vliet as your lead guard, uh, put one of their like many very talented but like tweener type of wing players, Siakam, Ananobi. Uh, now Barnes, like one of those dudes will play the two, uh, even if they're not quite like your prototypical two. Um, but that sort of was their idea, I guess, rather than, than going with Suggs, uh, which worked in the benefit of the Orlando Magic, uh, where he fell to number five and they snatched him up about as fast as you could. So, yeah, that, think... that was that was weird. Like, because you mentioned you, you, you have a really good feeling that you're gonna have to replace. Kyle Lowry and you've got Fred Van Vliet who is a a good scorer but not necessarily the best uh facilitator on on the on the court and I don't know yeah you pass up on the point guard who everybody is raving over and like you said is could have easily been a number one pick in this draft and nobody would have shit talked Detroit for it um, yeah, if, if Jalen Suggs went number one overall next year big people would be like yeah okay yeah, that's yeah right that's right, right, right. Draft. So to pass on him is weird. Now, Scotty Barnes is, is, I mean, he's an FSU guy, so I'm not trying to give him too much props, but uh, he was good. I, I watched a couple of his games against not only the Gators, but the Hurricanes, because it's, it's what we get on TV down here. And uh, he stood out. He, he was a good player. Now, yeah. it just, from a fit perspective, like you're saying, he's he's a, a front court player, and you obviously have a gape, uh, a, a, a huge gap in um, in your point guard position now if you're Toronto. Um, so just weird that they passed on Suggs, but uh, let's see. Yeah, all all the better for the Orlando Magic, as you say. Here's somebody that they can right. um, trade away in a couple of years after they <laughs> give them an extension. Someone who uh, who will request a trade. Right. So, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, I mean, to me, just like personally, the most exciting part of the draft was the Cavs actually getting Evan Mobley, another one mm-hmm. of these dudes that like could have been a number one overall pick any year. Um, just super, super excited to have him in. And now we, we're we not probably – I know they're going to be shooting for the play-in tournament. We're not going to be the top head of, of the Eastern Conference. Probably not going to be even top eight in the Eastern Conference. But if you're going to run out five starters that are all 23 and under uh, – and actually, there's only there's a 123-year-old, 122-year-old, and the other ones are all 20. Um, if that's going to be your starting lineup, you, you have 
time for them to grow, which is super, super exciting. Uh, and I think the Cavs will be one of the better uh, young teams in the league, uh, sort of following up Memphis a little bit uh, as they continue to grow and, and work their way up in the West. But that was yeah. uh, that was the biggest thing for me. Um, everything else sort of made sense. We didn't get the big, big trades that we were hoping for. Uh, like we were saying before, Golden State ended up making both their picks yep. uh, rather than cashing those chips in. Uh OKC acquired somehow three more first round picks after they drafted two. So <laughs> I, I don't even Sam, know where he's going to use it. Like you can't you, like there's only 15 roster spots. Like Sam Presti has to own dirt on like 40% of league executives at this point. Yeah. Because there's no other way to explain him continuously reloading on first round picks. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the third one came the day after the draft when it was like, yeah. No one had time to put out their draft grades yet. So he's like, nah, let me get one more real quick. Yep. The uh, morning and, after, hey, you know, I'm just going to do this one too. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take Derek Favors. Um, and it, they, they did some work today, which we'll go over real quick once we get into free agency. But I, I always love what Presty does. He makes so much sense uh, just getting as many bites of the apple as you possibly can as a small market team. Um, so they, they, picked, they picked an Australian point guard who's six foot eight. Uh, which, you know, the Sixers did that too, and, and it's worked out okay for them. So <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll see how Josh Giddy does in Oklahoma City too with uh, Shea Gil- Gildress-Alexander. Another one we can talk about. Shea just got yep. $170 million. Yes, he did, $172 million. So that's, um, that's a good transition to our next topic, which is the fun stuff, the yeah. season before the season, NBA free agency. So we are coming to you. It is Wednesday night, August, what is today, the 4th, 4th, August 4th. So we are 48, about 52 hours, 53 hours into NBA free agency. And man, this was a fucking whirlwind. This started hot and heavy right at 6 p.m. on Monday afternoon. Um, Where do you want to start? Because we've got so many different ways to go with this. Who do you want to talk about? I think I think we'll, we can start with um, some of the rookie extensions or, or just the restricted free agent uh, guys. Um, I know the the top five we talked about last week. I don't think either of us uh, still don't think Kawhi is going anywhere. Um, we know Chris Paul returned to the Suns. Uh, mm-hmm. He got a, a fourth season out of him, which I was surprised. I was thinking two or three max. He got a fourth season at $120 million. That's right. By the end of his uh, his next contract, he'll have made $100 million more in NBA salaries than any player in history. So, they'll figure incredible. <laughs> $446 million in contract salaries. That's why he's the Player Association president, by the way. Yep. Yep. Um, I mean, it's amazing that he's got that and had failed to make the conference finals before a few <laughs> years ago and the finals before three weeks ago. Right. Um, Correct. That's incredible. That's an astounding feat. <laughs> it is. It is. Um, so so, so got, far of our four top for one twenty. Right. Out of our top five, uh, John Collins actually has gotten the most so far from our top five. Uh, he got a 20, 125 million for five years from Atlanta. I don't believe he got a player option for the fifth year. Uh, so that's a full five-year max. Um, so I, I think they were probably in a position where even if another team had offered it to him, they were going to match it. I don't think – I don't think uh, – No, Collins they were not going to let him go. Their, their yeah. main priority this offseason was get Collins extended, get Trey Young extended. They did both. 
Trey Young got uh, $207 million in his. Well, his, his, his has that all-NBA trigger. So it's Correct. 170 now. It can go up to 207. Right, just like the, the BAM one has that all-NBA trigger. And, and a lot of right. these guys are Tatum, signing that contract. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so the Hawks did what they needed to do to protect uh, at least the core of the team that just took them to the Eastern Conference Finals and within – no, did they go to Game Seven in the in the conference finals? I think they uh, went no six. six. So within six. two games of the NBA Finals, uh, with that young core, so they did what they needed to do, and I think that, um, I mean, they can keep building. They've still got Capella there. Um, Bogdanovich, I think, was more than a one year deal. So it was. It was. It was four. Okay. So, uh, I mean, they've got the core of a team that that obviously just went through a little spell of success. It's going to teach them how to win and how to go about, uh, you know, doing that again. So I think it was a good decision from Atlanta to to go ahead and re-up all these guys and, and give it another run. And at worst case scenario, you've got a pretty good deal on John Collins that you can flip if you need to. Right. Uh, so that was, that was two of the, of the guys. Well, three, if we don't count Kawhi. Um, and then the other two, uh, Lowry, obviously going to your team for three years, $90 million. I believe that's the exact figure that we talked about last week. Um, I think we were sort of down to Miami or Philadelphia a week ago uh, anyways, so not surprising that he went to Miami. Um, yep. We can go through the fit when we talk about teams, but that was that was where he, he – what did we say? $90 million, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, and then the fifth one – surprisingly the, the lowest of the five um Lonzo Ball Lonzo Ball going to Chicago and we were just talking about this off air um the work that Chicago's done I think anything less than a six seed uh as we get into these team conversations anything less than a six seed for them is going to be a failure to me I think so yeah I, I I think so too um I think that they the Bulls have put it out that they are they're going all in to try to win right now uh despite it, I mean, it, it's mostly a right now move, even though it could be considered core building. You've got to make sure that you re-sign Levine if that's the case. Right. But, but they've been making win now. I mean, when they traded for Vucevic, they, right. they knew that they, was were, the first, they were switching. Yeah, that was, exactly. Yeah, it was time to go. So they go, they go ahead and they, um, they get Lonzo in a sign-and-trade. They give him a four-year, $85 million contract. Yep. Uh, that was right there Monday afternoon. And then Tuesday, they swoop in and uh, get a sign-in trade going with San Antonio. And they pulled DeMar DeRozan up to Chicago on three years for, what was it, 85 as well? Uh, yeah, yeah, like 84-5, somewhere in there. For three years. I mean, DeMar DeRozan, there were teams out there exploring <clears throat> whether or not they can sign him for the mid-level exception. And DeMar DeRozan went out there and was like, nah, y'all motherfuckers got this wrong. Uh, I'm <laughs> yeah. here to chase dollar signs first, jewelry right. second. Right. Um, but the Bulls, like you say, I think anything less than a six seed is uh, a failure when you put this kind of money onto the field. Those are four, uh, maybe not all high caliber, high caliber, but three of them are high caliber NBA players. And then Lonzo can be. He's shown it to us. Um, so with Lonzo, Zach Levine, uh, Nikola Vucevic, and Lonzo, and, and who else? Uh, and DeMar DeRozan. DeRozan, DeRozan yeah. Then I think the Bulls can can make a little bit of noise in the East. 
the East is a it's getting tougher and tougher every year, and and the Bulls are adding to that now. But I think that they are making great great moves there. So Lonzo Ball and Demar Derozan. Oh, and another, I can't even I don't know how I forget about this one, but the the great white goat, the Lakers let him escape, and Alex Caruso oh, has yeah. also linked up in Chicago on another four year deal. Uh, again, that's a guy that the Lakers were thinking that they were going to be able to keep on a cheap deal, and that is not what happened. No. He agreed to a four-year, $37 million deal with um, uh, Chicago, Chicago, and yeah. that is some serious money for a guy who two years ago was an unknown coming off the bench for LeBron James, so good for him. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I'm trying to think. There's there's so many moves out there. Um I mean, we could just go, I guess, the top of the top of the East. Brooklyn, we were just talking about. They lost Spencer Dinwiddie, but created an $11 million trade exception, which that's going to come up near the trade deadline for sure. They did. And they signed Patty Mills. So I mean, And they signed Patty Mills. I love that, by the way. Yep. Um, they didn't have to give him a lot of money. I believe it was two years, $12 million. Um, Awesome, awesome backup point guard. Just fantastic. And if he has to start for a week or two because Kyrie's hurt, he can do that. No problem. Correct. Uh, so super, super excited for that one. Um, Who else? Trying they, to think. Yeah, Milwaukee. James, James Johnson and Blake Griffin returned to Brooklyn. So yeah, Brooklyn. Brooklyn did okay. Yeah, they'll they'll be fine. I, I that's your favorite. I mean, just as a casual NBA yeah. fan, if you're stay, no, if you sure. stand back, Brooklyn's a favorite until injuries get involved. Uh, so we'll start with that. I, I think Milwaukee's probably two. Uh, so far, they've re-signed everyone, I believe, except for Bryn Forbes. He went back to San Antonio. And <clears throat> P.J. Tucker. And P.J. Tucker. You are right. You are right. P.J. Tucker. Uh, they did keep Bobby Portis, uh, but lost Tucker. So that's that's something for them. I think they got someone else, too, but I don't think it was anybody worth really worrying about. Uh, um, George Hill. Oh, what? He got waived by... Uh, yeah, I feel he's planning, he's planning on returning. And Semi Ohile. Ah, yeah, yuck. Okay. Um, your three, four seed so far, I think, is, is probably between Philly and Miami. Uh, I'll, I'll let you go through all the Miami fun. So, culture, baby. We, we came. <laughs> we have had an A-plus offseason. Whether or not we are the favorites in the East, I don't think that affects the fact that the decisions and the deals that uh, Andy Ellisberg and Pat Riley have been able to pull off. Uh, it's been exceptional. It's an A plus off season already, and we are probably not done. So the headliner sign and trade um, for Kyle Lowry. I say this as I stand wearing my Goran Dragic heat Jersey. Gogi, he is a heat legend. Uh, I hope we retire his number one day. And I hope that, uh, out of respect, Kyle Lowry does not wear number seven next season with us. But uh, he was – Goran Dragic was the one good player that bridged us from the end of the big three era and the Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade through to the Jimmy era. Uh, he was one of the few people that kept us semi-relevant in that time frame and not a complete joke in the league. So as a Heat fan, we will forever be grateful to Goran Dragic. Um, but looking ahead – we got Kyle Lowry now, who is Jimmy Butler's best friend in the league. He is going to be an upgrade defensively um, than Goran was. Goran was not even technically our starter at times. So 
Um, I think he's going to be a better fit offensively. He's going to be a better fit defensively if he can hit his shots. If we get peak Lowry, as Zach Lowe says, uh, this is going to be a really, really good move for the Miami Heat. To pair along with that, we give Jimmy the max extension. Jimmy's not going anywhere until he's at least 36. He's going to be here. Um, this is our core, him, Lowry, Bam, um, Jimmy, I'm sorry, Duncan Robinson. So a lot of reports around the league were that Duncan was going to get crazy money thrown at him. And he might have gotten crazy money thrown at him and and, and turned it down. We haven't seen that yet, but he re-signed with the Heat uh, five years, $90 million, so about $18 million a year. For the fastest shooter to hit 500 threes in NBA history, I don't think that's a bad deal at all for the Miami So that, that still sounds like crazy money, though. It's not, But is it, though? Because at, with the way that the league is and how important your outside shooting is, I mean, he's, he's clearly a top-five shooter in the league. Um, I mean, is that crazy money, $18 million? We were just talking about that's five for 90. They just gave Lonzo 85 for four. Do you think that that is a lesser contract than Lonzo or a better contract than Lonzo? Uh, I think Lonzo's a better player than Duncan Robinson. So I, I would rather pay Lonzo... 21 million than Duncan Robinson 18 but really that's 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 not as like a hater and and I know I love to to raffle you up with this shit but that that's more as like Duncan Robinson does one thing really really well like Lonzo Ball is like a defender and a distributor and can score and is shooting 38 percent but that's not necessarily true Duncan Robinson is not just a three-point shooter because his pick and roll game with with Bam is something that opens up our offense. His handoff game with Bam is something that opens up our offense. So he does serve other purposes out there, especially in our scheme and who else we're trying to open up in Bam. Okay. Um, so is is he driving to the basket during those those pick and rolls? I assume he's staying. No, he's going to shoot. He's going to shoot. He's going to okay. shoot. All right, and and just as like a point of reference from where I'm coming from, you you per obviously you're you're looking at a 15 is like league average, right? Right. Okay. So his per last year was 11. His career per is 11.9. Okay. So he's had two seasons where he has started for the Heat. So yeah, I don't know where these career per numbers are going to be. And last, I mean, honestly, last year everybody was down on this team. There, nobody played up to par from what they performed the year before um, on the squad. I still think that Duncan Robinson is definitely worth his money. I do think that there are other teams that would have given him this and more. Um, so, no, I think that this is a great sign for the Heat. I think it's something that we definitely need because we need shooting. No, I, and, and honestly, I wouldn't expect you to say anything else. Um, Duh. But... There's nothing else is the truth. <laughs> so... I, I'm not really trying to like get you to be like, oh no, this is a shitty deal. Like I get it, um, but I I'm also like I'm nitpicking your usage of um, crazy money. I feel like someone with a career PR of twelve is crazy money for eighteen million dollars a year. You you may not agree because he is an elite three point shooter and foul shooter. Honestly, I mean he doesn't yes, start the line very often, but um, just shooting in general, he's he's very good at it. Correct. Um, so you know I. Believe me, I get it. Um, Largest contract ever for a non-drafted player, for an undrafted player in NBA history. That's indeed another Heat culture success player development story. Um, oh my god! I don't know. I don't know what else you need to see out of this to believe that culture is real. Oh um, 
another signing that I loved, and it came at the <clears> end <throat> of the day Monday night. It kind of caught us all by surprise because it's not somebody who I anticipated even leaving their team, and it was P.J. Tucker. Uh, him in the front court, along with Markeith Morris. I mean, if nothing else, we're going to punch teams in the mouth and we're going to piss them off and they're not going to want to play us. Between Lowry, Jimmy, Bam, Tucker, Morris, like those are some mean dudes playing defense out there. And we, at minimum, just ain't going to be somebody to fuck with. Nobody's going to want to see us in the first round, Brooklyn included, no matter how much the favorite they might be, uh, or not in the first round, in any round, uh, Brooklyn's not going to want to see us. Because, I mean, we're just going to be able to put P.J. Tucker on Kevin Durant again. We're going to be able to put Jimmy and Kyle on the other two, like uh, like Zach Lowe said, and it makes perfect sense. Like Then after that, if those three are neutralized, like who else are they really going to try to beat us with? Blake Griffin? Blake Griffin's going to dunk us to death over Kia's? Like, I don't think that that's what's going to be the deciding factor here. Well, um, I'm, I'm, I'll throw this in there just because I've, I've, I've tried to get more, uh, more into you lately on these pods. Um, I, I don't know that you can necessarily say that PJ Tucker locked down Kevin Durant uh, during that series. Cause if Durant wasn't by himself for like five of the games, they would have beat the bucks in six. Uh, and I believe PJ Tucker was on him when Durant went for 49 and 17. So I, I, I mean, okay. I mean, if, if you want to give up 50 points to Kevin Durant with PJ 37 year old PJ Tucker on him, I guess that's cool, but possibly 38 by then. But um <laughs> It's somebody who can play defense against him. We yeah. still have Bam. We, I mean, we still didn't even talk about Bam in that situation, no. which is another defensive option for Kevin there's, Durant. I was going to say, there's your sticking point. Honestly, PJ Tucker is a luxury for you guys. He um, is, but, I, it, but it's a nice luxury to have. It is, it is. But the fear is because his only offensive job is to stand in the corner and hit corner threes. <laughs> You're essentially playing four and five on offense, and yeah. that's harder to do against a team like Brooklyn, especially in the playoffs, where they can start to scheme around that. Um, so hopefully, uh, you know, you guys aren't playing PJ Tucker when you have to, like the Bucks did, um, you know, against some of these teams. Uh, they could get away with it against the Suns because the Suns really, I mean, all their guys already had dudes that could cover them. Like they didn't need PJ Tucker to really do much. Um, he, he annoyed Durant and got into his face, but Durant torched him whenever he really wanted to. Um, so yeah, if, if Bam is your primary defender on Kevin Durant, now I'm, now I'm on board like that. I get it. At least he's going to make him work his ass off to score. Um, so yeah, that, that I, I would be a little more afraid of. Um, I still think James Harden is torching either of the other two, but Okay, well, whatever. You know, yeah. Um, you know, you know me and James Harden. So, yeah. yeah well, <laughs> I think Jimmy Butler's got something to say about that. And, we'll see. And we'll, we'll see. Um, we brought back Victor Oladipo on a one-year prove-it deal. I love it because if he is anything of the old Oladipo, he's going to be a, a good scorer for this team that we yeah. need. That's our yeah, biggest zero thing. risk. I mean, yeah, we just need we just need some points. We need points. Defense is going to yeah. be there. We're going to be an elite defensive team. We need points. Yeah. Um, so if Vic can be a volume scorer for us and, and just take the ball to the hole and get fouled and make those free throws, that's going to be awesome. And then the most important one, I think, the Heat brought back Max Struess. Um, <laughs> so in all seriousness, Max Struess is the next great player development story for this organization. Like, no bullshit aside, uh, Max Struess is going to, at some point, make some money in this league, and it's going to be because of his hard work and our culture. I have no doubt about that. Let's uh, watch out for him uh, and see what he can do. Max Struess. Um, what what position loose. does he play? Uh, he's a guard. I don't know. He's a guard? 
it, yeah, he's he's a small, like gritty guard. He drives to the basket. He's a decent shooter. He's like five foot nothing. I think he, he might be six feet tall, but he he looks like the smallest guy on the court when he's out there. But kid's got grit. He's got moxie. He can't really replace that, you know. <laughs> yes, I just um, used moxie as a basketball you, stat. You did, my God. Um, so you would rather in in what is clearly a win now moment because just. If you want to add up those first four contracts, it's five hundred and seventy million dollars over the next four years. Um, what was the idea of pulling Kendrick Nunn's contract? Like, who did you sign instead of Kendrick Nunn that you would prefer him on the Lakers? It still hasn't happened. Um, I don't know. Well, I thought you said they pulled it midday yesterday. They did. They. Oh no, I'm saying the move that I expected to come has oh, not happened oh. yet. So, yes, they pulled his qualifying offer of $4.7 million yesterday before he was able to sign it, which took them off the hook off of, on that. But it made him an unrestricted free agent immediately. Um, he then signed with the Lakers on a two-year $10 million deal, so basically for the same money. Yeah. So the thought process – and it's possible that this is still the thought process. It just has not come to fruition yet – is that we were scheming something and we needed those $5 million free off the books. We couldn't have the cap hold. Um, by by still holding holding on to his his rights well, as the uh, as an I'm, I'm free fairly agent. certain you guys are out of room now, so I don't think that you really could. Now, what you could do, and I don't know how big Morris's contract was, but I'm fairly certain he came from the Lakers, right? Uh, yeah, he came from the Lakers, but that was, I mean, unless that, you were to trade that. But I was going to say, I wonder if you can essentially work that into a, a, a double signing trade. Where you, mm-hmm. you freed up the cap space to be able to do like a Morris and a Tucker, and then you just end well, up trading Morris we'd, we'd for still be able to, We'd still be able to make pretty much any move that we would want to. It would just have to come via trade. Uh, we would go over the luxury, but we would still be able to execute the move. Oh, you guys are already over the luxury. That's no, that's... we no, we are not. We are we are three and a half million away from the luxury as of because none of these contracts are official. Right, no. but as of as of this afternoon, with the reported numbers, after reneging on the on the on the Nun deal and taking that back, we are three we are three point five shy of the luxury, and it's kind of concerning because if you look like you're going all in, like we just did, spending that money on people this age, and all of a sudden you hit the brakes to not go over the luxury tax, that's not going to be enough. Like we we were not going to win anything like that. No, um, we still need a scorer. At, we need a volume score. We need somebody who is just going to go out there and dump the ball into the basket. Whether he's a negative on defense at this point doesn't matter. On this roster, we can hide that if it's just one person. But we need Agreed. points. We Agreed. need the points. So uh, where we're going to go make this move, I don't know. I really, really was convinced that uh, that none move was because we were getting ready to announce something that we needed that salary space for. It hasn't happened yet. Um, but let's see. It's It's also possible – that we go into the season like this. This team, as constructed, is still good enough to do top half in the East, right? So if we go into the season and wait to fish around the trade deadline, see if there is an unhappy superstar or somebody who can fit the 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 hole that we need to plug heading into the playoffs, that could be another option. Obviously, as a Heat fan, you don't want to see that because you don't want to risk it until February when you you want to get it going now and get your roster complete now, but. Um, sometimes you get a better deal midseason than you would now. So uh, you never know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I that was sort of my hierarchy is is I think you guys could finish anywhere between third and fifth. 
uh, depending on injuries and the way shit breaks, that type of stuff. Yeah, I definitely um, think that we can be the third seed in the East behind the obvious Milwaukee-Brooklyn, however they finish, one-two combo. Right. Um, and I think that we are uh, – if Ben Simmons continues to be the Ben Simmons that we've come to see right now, like I don't see that – I don't I don't foresee there being an issue in getting the three seed. I don't think that the Knicks are – which we're going to talk about in a minute. Yeah, uh, Knicks I don't think the Knicks – yeah, the Knicks – the Knicks nicked. Um, yeah. And I think, yeah, I think that he, that he could be a three seed in the East this season. Uh, and hopefully this roster, we can make it even better. But that's, that's enough heat talk for now. I think I've cultured everybody out. Um, <laughs> what else? Uh, so, I mean, let's go into the Knicks real let's quick. Let's go into the Knicks. Let's go into the Knicks, man. The fucking Knicks. You know, the Knicks had all of these, you know, illusions of grandeur and these aspirations about getting the garden rocking again and we're going back to the playoffs and we're the fucking Knicks. You guys fucking suck. Um, they do. They, just, do. they do, in fact, suck. They got all of that fucking cap space and flexibility and they threw it all into the wind. They were handing out years and dollars like this shit was going out of style. Evan Fournier, four years, like $74 million. Uh, Nerlens Noel, three years, $32 million. Alec Burks, three years. I think his was almost $30 million, too. Uh, I think it was million. $32 as well. $30 million, yep, Alex Burks. Taj Gibson, I, at least it was only one year. Um, and and Derek the, Rose. The, and the capper was Derek Rose. Three years, $43 million for the most injury-prone former MVP that there is still playing in the league. Yeah. Um, I, they've essentially capped themselves out. They yeah. have for the next two years. For the next two years. Oh, they got Kemba today after he bought after he was bought out. In yeah, you, you do have to throw that one in there because that was basically two years, eighteen million. So yeah. he basically recouped all the money that. Which, side note, OKC has never bought anyone out before that was making that much money. So I'm very interested to see why Presti didn't wait. Like, he got a first-round pick for Al Horford. Why didn't he wait for Kemba? Like, that was – that's interesting to me. His knee has to be – there's got to be something wrong with his knee. He's had a nagging knee issue, right? That's, uh, that's been Kemba's issue? Yeah. I mean, he's trying to rehab it all last season. I'm just – that's that's Maybe unlike, he knows that like this Presti, is maybe, – Maybe Presti sees that this is the highest that the value would have been, and when he starts playing basketball on national television, it would have tanked even more, and he just cut his losses now. I was gonna say there there wasn't any value. Like he 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 got nothing. He got that's nothing. For him. Imagine he, he, that's what I'm saying. He he didn't think it was gonna get any better. So I'm well, guessing I guess he, he's he got do a more first, with the roster spot. Why would he have gotten a first on a buyout? No no no. I'm saying he got it because when he when he took back Walker's contract when they traded Al Horford back to Boston, mm. um, Boston gave him their first round pick this year. Yeah. So like, he got a first for Kemba. So I guess he did already get something get for the him. value. But he, he did the same thing with Chris Paul when he traded Russ for Chris Paul. He got picks to take Chris Paul, and then he got picks from Phoenix to trade Chris Paul. And that's that's normally his thing. Same thing with Al Horford. He got picks from Philly to take Al Horford and then got a pick from Boston to send out Al Horford. To send him out. That's, that's yeah. normally his Sam jam. Presti. Sam Presti, I mean, he needs to start cashing in this currency, but – uh, he's basically a millionaire in draft currency. Oh, absolutely! It's, it's incredible. He's got what absolutely eighteen first in the next however many years. I think now it's down to six years. So he's a, so he essentially has three a year for the next half decade. It's fucking insane. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
All right. So, I mean, the other thing that they did is they they extended SGA, which they should. Shea Gildas Alexander. Yeah, he got yeah. his max $172 million deal, as he should. That kid is outrageous. Really good player. He is um, really good. What else? Anybody else that stands out? Oh, so that was yes. the East. Let's talk about the Lakers. Let's talk about the Lakers. The Lakers, because this is the only team in the West that really stands out. Um, the Lakers. The Lakers. The Lakers. Carmelo Anthony is finally going to play with somebody from the Banana Boat crew. And as mm. he joins LeBron in, in L.A., people are making a big deal about it. I don't think it's that big of a deal. I mean, it's 38-year-old Carmelo Anthony. Yeah, he's going to be a good, you know, I don't know, 10-point scorer off of the bench, if that. Um, <clears throat> it'll just be fun to see him play with LeBron. Dwight Howard, run number three with the Lakers. We are back again. He says he's coming, he says he's coming for his parade. Um, and what else? Malik Monk. Malik I, I kind of wanted Malik Monk to, to come down to Miami if he was going to take any sort of an affordable deal, but he signed a one-year ring-chasing deal with the Lakers, which I don't blame him for, and it doesn't even tell me how much it was for. Um, it so, wasn't very much. Couldn't have been. I don't know why no. we didn't. That would have yeah. added some nice depth to our backfield. They got Wayne Ellington, who the Heat fans are very familiar with. Um, it's waning threes, and it will be waning <laughs> threes in the Stable Center. Uh, you're welcome for that. Uh, Kendrick Nunn <laughs> with the two-year $10 million deal. Uh, and they got Kent Bazemore from the Warriors on a deal. So, Oh, there's, there's, there's one pretty big one you're not mentioning that was not a free agent signing. Oh, that's right. So they did acquire Russell Westbrook via oh, trade. Oh, that guy. That guy. Um, okay. I, I, let's talk about that because everybody lost their shit on the internet when this happened because, yes, it's a name. But – um, traditionally, people who need the ball in their hands don't end up on LeBron James teams, much less succeed on LeBron James teams. Uh, please let me know what you think about this uh, particular yeah. trade. Yeah. Uh, so the last time LeBron shared ball handling duties with someone, they requested a trade. So we'll, we'll, let's let's throw that out there um, with Kyrie Irving. Uh, I I think that. People are going to say, oh, it's going to work because Russ is, uh, you know, clearly the third best player on the Lakers and he'll do what it takes Not to, Russ to change mine. his game. It, well, that's <laughs> that was going to be my point. I don't know that anyone, like, everyone else around him is going to know. I don't know that he knows. He might think he's better than <laughs> LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Who the hell knows? He absolutely um, does. Because you know so, what? He could just turn around and be like, when's the last time y'all averaged a triple-double on a season? And then um, it's like, what do you say to Russ? Russ is what? Russ. I was going to say, then you say, when's the last time you won a title? And then you, you walk away. Um, so Russ is the worst high-volume shooter in the NBA in maybe the last 25 years. <laughs> no one is worse at shooting a bunch of times with a terrible percentage than this guy. Um, so I, I just I, – I don't like the fit at all. I don't like the dollar amount. He's their highest-paid player. They're paying him $44 million to be there. Um, I, I feel like he's redundant next to LeBron. Uh, and if you're going to make a trade like that, I don't understand the idea of doing it for someone. A, I, I guess we should throw this out there too. They could have traded half the stuff that they traded for Buddy Heald. I personally yeah. would have preferred Buddy Heald. Oh, absolutely. 
Absolutely. And you probably would have had the money to go after Kyle Lowry. And if you were trading KCP or Kuzma and one of them was left and probably the first round pick was left too, that looks a lot better for Kyle Lowry than, you know, the, the stuff you got had or had to trade for Russ. Now Lowry may have been dead set in Miami the whole time. I have right. no idea, obviously. Um, but just like that to me is a better fit. Still, you would have had to overpay for him. I, I think, and I, I said this to you earlier today, I think anybody who is going to pay Kyle Lowry into his late 30s, $30 million a year is going to be a bad idea. Like by year three, that's going to be a shitty contract. Uh, yeah, it may but even that's be still what year. the market was going to dictate. For, and, for, and, and, like, it was going to happen regardless. True. It was going to happen to somebody. You just, I don't know that you necessarily wanted to be your team. Well, Anyways, we're talking about the Lakers. You, just wanted to ma- you want to maximize it if you are the team that does this. Sure, so I that, sure. You know, but I think, I think that's that. this year. But my point is the Lakers are at a point where they, they need to win this year. We've seen – this is Russ's fourth team in four years, right? Yep. Okay. We've seen what happens to his teams every single time. He goes, the other guy sees him, and I was like, I need to get out of here. Then he goes somewhere else. The other guy sees him and, and is either like, I got to get out of here or you got to get out of here. So, like, that's not a great track record to have follow no. you around and then think, oh, yeah, by the way, this guy's going to figure his shit out at, like, you know, age 33. After he averaged a triple-double last year, like, he's just going to be, like, cool being a third option. You cannot spot him up. You have to give him the ball and let him go to the basket. Uh, and then last year he decided that, oh, I'm only going to take 30% of my shots at the rim. Well, what the hell is the point of that if that's your best skill? It is. So I just I, – I, I hate that. I also found a really funny uh, meme today about the Lakers that their uh, their top three on their payroll is clearly uh, Russ, LeBron, and Anthony Davis. Do you know who their fourth highest paid Laker is this season? Uh, fourth highest paid Laker this season is – You're not going to be able to guess it. <sighs> I, I mean, I don't know. It's not going to be Kuzma. No. Well, he's on the Kings. Or, I'm sorry, the uh, – fuck, the uh, Wizards. That's right, that's right, the Wizards. I don't know. I Lay it on me. <laughs> Luau Dang. <laughs> oh, they're still paying that. They're still $5 paying million dollars a year. So their fourth highest paid player is paying $5 million a year, and he's been retired for three seasons. So, like, this is sort of my complaint about their, their roster building, is they're now to the point where the Cavs were after three, four years of LeBron, is you've been ring chasing for this long, and now you have nothing left in the cupboard. They – I think you you probably saw today they have three dudes on their roster under thirty. Mm. That's it, mm-hmm. and I think Kendrick Nunn's one of them. Like they had to sign one, and and I think it's actually Kendrick Nunn, uh, Malik Monk, and um, Taylor Horton Tucker. Horton Tucker. Yeah, that's it. Everybody else is thirty or older. That's insane. Uh, yeah. So the odds of them staying healthy, the odds of them, um, you know, if they make it to the Western Conference Finals, the odds of them being in one piece by that point, I think are slim to none. Um, so. They made a lot of splashes. They made a lot of signings, but I I don't think that it really moved the needle much. I think their last chance was last year, and when LeBron and AD got hurt, that that went out the window. Hmm. Uh, So that's that's sort of my thought process with uh, with them. Um, I don't know how how you feel about that, but no, I'm with you. I I think that they um, they're in win now mode, but they their roster construction is questionable at best. Yeah. Uh, Rob Rob Palinka pulling the trigger on this Westbrook trade <clears throat> again. Buddy Yield for Kuzma and somebody else made more sense, and a draft pick made more sense than 
all of this to Washington for Westbrook. Um, I mean, your best perimeter defenders last year were probably Caruso and KCP, and they're both gone. They are gone. No, yeah, yeah, they're gone. They're gonna feel the <laughs> they're gonna feel the Caruso um, exit, which is crazy to say, but they are definitely gonna feel that exit. Um, I don't. I think that they're they think that they're ready for it right now, and. I think this actually might be a second round exit if the if the injury concerns. I mean, if they get hurt at the wrong time, like that's it's just going to be a repeat of this year: a first round exit, second round exit. Yeah. Like, um, and like you're saying, these guys are not young bucks in their late twenties. This, is, I mean, LeBron James is thirty six. Yeah, um, Russ is thirty two. I mean, yeah, AD is what like thirty now. Um, but still, I, I, yeah. I don't know, man. I, I think if you're a Lakers fan, you're kind of like excited on top, but inside you're like, man, is this shit really going to work? Um, this is an original thought, but this has like 2004 Laker vibes, like super, super high. Like throw all these dudes that are going to be Hall of Famers that are obviously past their prime on this team and then see what happens. And and that Laker team did make the finals, uh, but they also got 4 one So, yeah. uh that's that's sort of the vibes I'm getting, and I don't even know. You know the weird thing, and this I guess this is probably a conversation for a different pod, but they'll just see if you feel the same way I do. It always seems like people talk about the West, the West, the West. The West is so hard. The West is just so much harder than the Eastern Conference, just the West, West, West. When you think about the West, like, does any of those teams actually scare you? Like, legitimately, well, like, are you frightened of the Jazz? Like, are you? Are no. You... So the thing, the thing behind the West thing is, we got so conditioned to it because there was a good like ten year stretch <clears> where <throat> the West shit on everything the East produced, basically. Um, other than like the Heat, it was like a lot of that during that time, and it was a lot of the knock on the Heat, like, oh, you guys play in the West, like your first round is you literally play under five hundred teams in the first round of the playoffs. Um, so I think that that's where that stems from. I don't think it's accurate anymore. To your point, um, no. A healthy, a healthy Clippers team scares me. Um, yes. A, hel- a healthy Nuggets team scares me. Right. Jamal uh, Murray. Right. Jamal, Jamal Murray specifically. I, I can, I mean, book the Lakers, killer, so obviously. Like, I mean, yeah, healthy Lakers, uh, still healthy Suns with Booker a year older and more experienced. And honestly, they're just going to be much more fucking swaggy now that they made the finals and they've had some success. So. Uh, there are some teams out there, but no, I'm not overwhelmingly terrified of whoever comes out of the West. Like, I think we've, you know, anybody from the East top, I mean, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, us, maybe Philly, if Ben Simmons gets his head off his ass. Um, I think that Philly's they, they do would... something eventually. They'll do something eventually, whether they just I, I get mean, Simmons reconditioned or they, they yeah, flip Daryl them for Daryl Morey will figure something out. Uh, but yeah, I think any of those teams in the East, no matter who comes out of the West, like it wouldn't be a clear disadvantage or, or like, oh, this is going to be definitely the West team taking them out or anything like that. So no, I'm not right. truly terrified of anybody in the West. I think healthy Clippers and healthy Nuggets are honestly the scariest of the group if we really want to narrow it down. Right. And then the Lakers just because of LeBron. I mean, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I just, I, at this point, I really have no faith that that team... Um, I think we're going to see a lot of what happened this year, and it's going to be. Yeah, I, I don't think we're going to see that that team make it through a season healthy under the construction that it's it's under now. So I'm going to throw a random thing out there, and then we can get right back into the free agency. But can you just imagine what would have happened if, or what will happen 
when uh, when Luka Doncic gets a, a like bona fide second star with him because that dude, uh, I, he might get Slovenia in like their first Olympics to a medal. Like yep. he's well, he yeah he's he's guaranteed <laughs> to at least play for one right now. Yeah, um, semifinals. He's in the right? final four, right? He's in the final four. Um, that my god, that guy it's, is just it's crazy. So incredible. He's, he's insane, but and and he's definitely gonna sign that supermax and everything. Um, That's the first ever rookie supermax. What is the yeah? Well, he's amazing. Uh, <laughs> what is the guarantee that they get somebody a bona fide number two there? I don't like, think there is. That's what I'm saying. Like I don't think there is. I think I think the only way it happens is if either Porzingis, uh, you know, gets his shit together and he becomes that number two, or if he gets his shit together and they can trade him for a bona fide number two. Because I don't necessarily like the fit of Porzingis with Doncic, but um, I mean, Luca's either winning in Dallas or he's getting out of there and going to a place that has a guy. Ooh, and yeah. I don't know who he's friends with um, around the league because that's typically how this shit happens. Right. Um, and especially since he won't be on Team USA, he doesn't have those same types of connections. Mm-hmm. Um, you already hear all kinds of rumblings about, you know, the, the types of deals that are getting made uh, on Team USA this year. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Draymond Green being a blazer apparently is a thing now. Um, wow. Just just like, I can't believe that guy. That, that was really my thing. And, and shout out to Team USA. We've been, we shat out in the last uh, couple episodes. <laughs> they are also in the semifinal and just like rolling teams. So They are, but their next game is against Australia and Patty Mills um, and Matthew Delavadova. And this is one of the teams that they lost to in those exhibition games that we shat on them for. That's true. So That's very true. They did that, pull off uh, a win against... Spain, Cleveland Cavalier, Ricky Rubio, after he put yeah. up a thirty-eight on him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was and that was a tight game, and and good for them. That that was uh, KD's been showing up the last couple of games. Jason Tatum had an awesome game. The game before that, uh, Bam has been the stat sheet doesn't show it, but Bam has been a freaking defensive superstar in these games. He is locking down everything for this team. Um, so shout out to Bam out of Bio, Captain Bam America out there. Um, Good for you. I'm glad you brought it back to the heat. Good for you. How can I not? Culture. (laughs) Um, God, I hate that. So let's jump back. (laughs) I mean, other than – do you have any parting thoughts on anything else in in free agency? Because I think we hit – the biggest, uh, the biggest areas in the, the just a lot of money. I mean, you said Luca's going to sign. Luca's the really the last one um, that like is sort of guaranteed. Like you know, he's signing it. He's just obviously doing something right now. Um, man, just a ton of money, ton of money being thrown around. I don't think it really changed any of the projections of the standings. Like you guys were what, like the six seed last year. Like <laughs> I, I guess it moved you up like two spots, but it's not like it brought you from the bottom of the league to uh, you know to to the playoffs or something. No, and and um, eight and what was no uh, like seven through three last year were separated by like less than three games at the end of the season or something like that, uh, or four through eight or yeah some, yeah four through ten even. Um, so yeah, you know, getting a go a couple games better and moving out of that just clump of people is is definitely something that we wanted to do yeah yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. so i i um i think that's the interesting part is is there's a lot of guys like you had some dudes that sort of changed spots i will ask you one quick parting question though just mm-hmm. to see 
uh, your opinion on this particular player. There's a, a role player. There's talks of the Cavs trying to work out a signing trade for. What are your thoughts on Josh Hart? I like Josh Hart. I, um, I mean, I don't know. I see. I think I don't see why New Orleans would move on from Josh Hart. Um, he's young enough to try to, you know, continue to build that core with Zion for. But who, what, are, what? I mean, what's it going to cost anybody? Probably nothing uh, of significance, or maybe yeah, some it'd draft be a sign and trade, like four years, thirty-six million, somewhere in there, like a That's Caruso deal, basically. Yeah, That's to be your bad. your backup wing, basically. Right for because uh, like in this league, you, you can never have enough wings, and he's he's lanky, he's tall, he's got long arms, like um, he's not a defensive liability at all. He right. he's he's not. I mean, he can shoot in well enough. I don't dislike that at all. Again, I don't see why New Orleans wouldn't want to try to keep him there as part of this rebuild around Zion. But I was going to say, you know what? Let's let's talk about them real quick because I, I have a lot of respect for David Griffin. Obviously, for the team he built here, um, they don't make any sense. Like they don't. let's let's just because they basically instead of just signing Lonzo Ball, they they send him away in a sign and trade, right? For Thomas Satoransky, right? And like a second round pick. Yeah, um, and uh, and Garrett Temple. There you go. Um, and then they gave Devontae Graham like three years and fifty four million. Yeah. Like, was that a net positive? And I don't think it I was. don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah, um, I don't think it was either. And I don't know how. Like four years, forty seven million for ugh. for Graham. I mean, that's almost like at a sixty percent rate than what Lonzo got, though. So like. I Get that a little bit, but no, that's so. That's a you want to sell to your superstar? You're just being cheap. Yeah, no, yeah, that's I'm, I'm, that's not a good look. It's not a good no, way to go. No, this is not a good way to go. Um, and this is after you traded for Eric Bledsoe and Stephen Adams, right? Or no, you traded away. You traded away Adams. You traded away traded Adams. Away so you got Valanciunas. Yep. Um. So you got a, a big that jams the lane where where Zion likes to go. <laughs> um, who's only signed for one year, so you're probably going to lose him for nothing. Uh, you signed Devontae Graham. You lost Lonzo Ball. Um, I just I, – I, I don't understand what they're doing. And they're like that team in the West where it's always like you look at their talent and you go, you should be like a six seed. And then you look at the standings and they're like an 11 seed. You're like, how is this possible? Yeah. Um, um, I really think that if – if you weren't such an injury concern, which I, I think that Zion is, and I think that anybody close to Zion should be absolutely telling him that at any moment this can probably come crashing to an end. Um, I, don't, I don't think that he signs even the rookie extension. I think that he just bounces after four years like, and just gets to any major market that's a fucking cap space available at the time. Which, that would be the first time that's ever happened, right? Correct. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that would be the first time um, that a first-round pick like that does not take at least the first rookie extension when they're eligible. Um, if they're usually, offered. Like, I, I, correct. I, like the, Anthony yeah. Bennett, I get it. He wasn't offered one. Um, right. But, yeah. Correct. Just, You're offered. Yeah, yeah he's going to be offered a max. And if he just Absolutely. makes a qualifying offer for $6 million, we could be – and uh, let's be real. Like we we talked about our all pro, our all NBA teams this year, and and a couple of us had Zion even making third team. He's only going to get better. He's going to qualify 
for that supermax like Luca probably because I don't doubt that within the next year or two he's gonna be an all NBA player. So sure. um I and imagine imagine what the <laughs> imagine what the NBA players association would do if this guy just rejects a two hundred and ten million dollar extension to hit the open market. Um that would be incredible. It's exactly what the supermax is intended to stop from happening. But dude, if you if you show utter incompetence, which is what I assume that's what I consider this currently going on right now. Like again, I had respect for David Griffin. I still do. I don't think he's bad at his job. Um, but these last, you know, six weeks of moves, they don't make sense and they don't tell me that you're trying to uh, get your superstar to re up with you and 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 create a winning franchise like you. There's no reason Lonzo Ball shouldn't be on this team. Uh, on top of everything, Lonzo and Zion had good chemistry. Like you've got somebody who your dude likes, and you're you're moving on from him right. over thirty over thirty million dollars, um, right. over four seasons, over four seasons. Correct, right? So it's like it, these are these are shitty moves, and this is how. Superstars end up leaving small markets and signing in New York, Brooklyn, Miami, Los Angeles, Chicago. Take say, a break. The, 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 the smartest thing that he's done so far is get these packages from the Lakers and from uh, Milwaukee for his two stars that he inherited. Yes. Um, everything pretty much since then, uh, whether it was J.J. Redick, uh, whether it was you know having to then pay to get off of Eric. Like we talk about Sam Presti gets first round picks coming and going. Uh, this was sort of the opposite. He got Eric Bledsoe for Drew Holiday and then had to pay a first-round pick to get away from him, yeah. which is, I mean, what the hell is the point of that? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I, 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 I'm I, just – and then, you know, that's sort of why I think someone like Josh Hart is available because I think you can you can get into that franchise. I think some team, uh, whether it's through his agent or whatever else, some team's going to come calling for Brandon Ingram. And, and you know, we heard rumblings a little bit. Yeah. I read – one thing about him, like being cool with going to Miami, yep. like clearly people are already talking to him about it. Like, hey, get out of there, man! Um, and if that type of shit starts happening, then the clock on Zion is is ticking even faster. Oh, absolutely! And I think that that's what would push us into uh, him actually not taking that that initial extension offer to him, which would right. again be a historic move in terms of uh, in the cap era and the way that these guys get paid for him to turn <laughs> down that guaranteed money. Right. So. All right, I think that uh, I think that with the time that we've spent talking about NBA free agency, we can officially call this a mega pod um, <laughs> on free agency and draft talk. Uh, again, thanks to uh, Ali for joining us earlier and talking football. Obviously, now as the season kicks off, we are going to be going much uh, deeper and heavier into the football stuff. We love it, and our teams are going to be good this year, so it's going to be a lot of fun to listen to us. Hopefully. Um, and yeah, so that's episode 13, everybody. Make sure to give us a follow uh, wherever you listen to your podcast, rate and review us, follow us on Instagram. Uh, like I said, interact with us, interact with our polls, uh, whatever you want to hear, talk about topic suggestions. We're all for it, everybody. So feel free to reach out. Uh, again, thanks for listening, and we will catch you all next week. Say goodnight to the people out there, Rob. Good night, everybody. Good show as always, buddy. Yes, sir. Good night, everybody. Take it easy. We'll talk to you again next week. Take care.